Hi there and thanks for joining us on this episode, a classic of the hidden business genre. How a 15-year-old boy took over his father's butcher shop after his dad became ill and grew it into an empire. Odds on you won't have heard this story before. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. Michael Horgan, the MD of Horgan's Delicatessen Supplies, how are you? Very well, thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you in um, because yours is a real family success story. But let's go back yes. to the very beginning. Yeah. It's your granddad, wasn't it? It's my grandfather um, who opened the butcher shop in Mitchellstown in 1921. And... What's your first memory of that shop? Well, the, my memory of that shop is like that. Um, he died in 1935, and my father took over the running of the business then. And uh, but my father took ill um, the year of my intercert or junior cert, as it's known now. And I was the eldest of five, um, four sisters, no brother. And I was taken out of school to run the butcher shop. At 15? At 15 and a half, going towards 16. And how much did you know about butchery at that point? I knew plenty about it, you know, because um, where we lived, we um, three miles outside the town, um, we had our slaughterhouse there. And I suppose since the time I was able to walk (laughs) or hold a knife, I was doing bits and pieces. You had a job. I had a job. (laughs) I had, yeah. And and a planned future, I suppose. It was one shop, though, which meant... It was one shop, yes. Yeah, yeah, there was only so much you could do with it. Correct. So when did you decide there's a little bit more to Michael Hogg than one shop? Yeah, well, I suppose in 1973, um, then I decided that in order to try and enhance the business, that we would start to make sausages and puddings and other small goods. So I went over, there was a company, a company that supplied all the seasonings, and that was a company called T. Lucas. And they had a test kitchen out in a village outside Bristol. And I went over there for a weekend to learn that part of the trade. Right. And, uh, and came back and uh, I bought some equipment. Um, there was a famous butcher in Limerick, uh, Paddy O'Connell, and the guy from, who represented Lucas in Ireland told me that Paddy was retiring ah. and he was selling uh, the equipment. <laughs> and I bought the, uh, the equipment together. Uh, he was a really nice man, the Lord of He gave me his recipe book and everything. And, you know, so give me good pointers. So you had a fantastic start. Yeah. But yeah. I know times were different. But oh, yeah. You'd left school at 15. You yeah, didn't even have the leaving cert. Oh. How did you get to the point at which you could convince bank managers? Just Never mind uh, the lovely Patty O'Connor to part with his equipment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose at that time we weren't too bad. Like, you know, uh, we, like, I suppose... Everything is relative, like, but the the thing is, um, my mother was there, like, my mother was never involved in the business because we had a bit of land and she ran that side of it. And and I had an uncle um, who um, didn't have any family. He had a business straight across the road from us in Mitchellstown, a news agency and bar and that. And he was very supportive, very helpful. And he went to the mart and 
bought the uh, livestock uh, and all that. So and we started the yes, journey with your grandfather's butcher yes. shop that you inherited yes, after yes, your dad yes. uh, became too unwell to run yes, it. Yes. Fast forward to now. To now. How yes. many products are produced by Horgan's Delicatessen well, Supplies? basically, I suppose Horgan's Delicatessen Supplies is a trader. Um, we, um, except for a cheese cutting and packing side to our business, where we buy in whole wheels and blocks of cheese and cut them into consumer-sized portions um, for the retail trade and some for the food service trade. Otherwise, um, we take title of the goods that we purchase in Ireland from Irish producers and from all over Europe and sell to the retail trade in Ireland. Okay, but I so go, come back to my, my dirty question. Yeah. How many products? I mean, uh, how many I different think, types um, of meats and cheeses? Yeah, well, I suppose in total about uh, up against a thousand products. A thousand products. products? Yes. Is that beyond the wildest dreams of 15 year old Michael <laughs> as <laughs> you were standing in the shop for the first time wondering what am I going to do? Well, uh, my mother, the Lord of Mess, you know, said uh, with Michael everything had to be big. We had a small farm but with the biggest horse in the parish <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so I suppose I thought big always like and, and yeah. uh, sometimes that was good sometimes <laughs> that was wasn't so good when I said at the start the people have probably consumed your product without yes. even knowing it yes, it's because yeah. that you you supply to the deli trade which has grown exponentially in the last couple uh, of years that's it? right unbelievable like you know um if I suppose like the um, with all our fresh packed cheese in Tesco, it is sold under the producer's brand, whether that it be Cashel Blue, Kool Aid, Gobine, or whatever. Um, and but um, like take we um, we we sell um, a huge amount of products like to especially Duns and Mousegraves and that. Most of the products are under their private label. Okay, so no, their own brand. Their own brand, yeah. yes. Some would be under manufacturer's brand and a smaller amount under the Horgan label. But you would you would still have to supply a certain quality, otherwise oh, yeah. they wouldn't let you absolutely, through the door. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, the way the business has changed over the years, like, um, I suppose, like, my wife and I, like, we went to the Anuga Food Fair in Cologne in 1977. And where we met, saw lots of weird and wonderful products and made some contacts and started importing products at that time, like Belgian pate, some speciality hams and that. Some of these products we are still selling today, like more than 40 years later. Yeah, and, and, and you still have the Horgan's brand, because I know Horgan's yes, salami, yes, uh, which you is do. put yes. on pizzas in my yeah. house on a regular yeah, basis. That's right, yeah. And, and, and that and bears the, your and the pat And the pate, like, and uh, the blackie ham, which is produced in Germany, but it has Horgan's blackie ham, and many, many other things, like, and that. But the... Um, but I suppose our range today, like we have two sons, and like my wife still works in the business. We have two sons in the business, and uh, I have a daughter. We have a daughter-in-law and a sister. So there's six organs and about forty-two or three other people working in the business. And that just shows you 
a little bit of luck yes. and a lot of hard work you, well, can, that is you can true. put a sustainable business into yeah. somewhere like Mitchellstown yeah, that's right yes that's right and I suppose at the time like when I started importing speciality cheese from all over Europe and at that time Mitchellstown was known as being the, the home the town, the home of good cheese um, but that was Galti and Calvita and Cheddar and that I suppose it was viewed by some people as a sarcilege to be bringing <laughs> French What would you be bringing it in for? <laughs> don't we have, don't we have cheese it ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, and that. Um, you, you still have to bring in stuff um, oh, yeah. from abroad. Yes. Brexit posed a bit of a challenge it for did, you, didn't it? It did. Now, um, two sons, Edward and Paul and myself, attended a number of Enterprise Ireland events on Brexit. But the best one we attended was one uh, run by Enterprise Ireland in uh, Charleville back in June of last year. And um, during that, they had three um, consultants there, as well as the people that were presenting it, for one-to-one conversations. And out of it came, like they said, look, if you would like to pursue this now um, and the, and to appoint a consultant to take you through the whole Brexit scenario, we will provide some funding. And so, anyway, we went ahead with that. And the company um, that they recommended was a company called Customs Matters, a guy, Stephen Tracy, who was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I suppose uh, when you looked at all the documentation and the form filling that was to be done. Kind of daunting, isn't it? Daunting, absolutely. And so we got to the stage anyway that we were ready um, to process our application. Um, And we made contact with uh, Revenue and Customs. And uh, a lady uh, from Revenue and Customs came down to visit us. And I think that, you know, she thought maybe that we were, that was a step too far for us, like that we wouldn't be able to do it. And she was maybe saying that, look, why don't you put it off for the moment and that. Now, the thing is, at at that time of the year, like that was about uh, August, uh, July or August, like we were very conscious that the Christmas period is a very busy one for us. And the oh, last like a bit of patty at Christmas yes. now. Yeah, be, um, that'll be one cheese, of the ones all the for me. Yes. And, uh, cheese selections and all that and general trade. Like, you know, like uh, um, December is the biggest month by far uh, in our business. So you yeah. couldn't let Brexit interfere with no. that. And you couldn't yeah. run the risk that Brexit wasn't going to happen. Correct, yeah. And that's so we, uh, we said, if you don't mind, we'll push on with us. And we did. And I think when we uh, submitted the first uh, tranche of documents to her, she saw these people were serious. And then, like, as well as what was on the, the script, like, of the things that she required, um, then we were getting sort of 15 more inquiries. We were turning it around within hours. And this was all because, like, and I suppose it was beyond my wildest dreams that... David Dowling, who you met, like a QA, had a procedure, a written procedure for everything, mm. every part of the business. It, it means that whatever happens with Brexit, and let's yes. let's assume yes. it is still happening, even yes. though we're yes. not talking about yes. it, you're still going to have what's called 
authorised economic operator status, Correct. AEO status, which Correct. is the, it's the gold standard you need to make sure your goods don't uh, get stuck. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, so I suppose there was, there was basically four of us involved in it. Our financial accountant... He provided all the, 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 the information for the finance side. David Dowling then, who was our QA technical manager, and William Harnady, who was our operations manager. And basically, I coordinated the whole thing. All the information was coming to me to send it in to Customs and, yeah. and Revenue and, and, you, and Cork. You, and you got there. Can I ask yeah. you a question? What's the recommendation you would give to companies that are still sticking their head in the sand when it comes to Brexit? Oh, my God. Like, you know, which or whether? Why not go ahead? It's a great learning process. And it's also, like, uh, it proves to you um, are you covering? Um, have you a procedure for the all for all the main parts of your business? Because I think while David was so well equipped, as because like as well as having um, BRC accreditation, British Retail Consortium. We're accredited, we have, uh, we're audited by all our main customers, Marks and Spencer, Tesco, Dunn's, Musgraves, all that. In actual fact, we had, last week, we had one unannounced audit from one of our retailers. Oh, and the other And the other one then was an announced one. And thankfully, we got the green light with both of them. And it just shows you yeah. that if you put the effort in, yes. you'll be able to keep everybody happy, which is a Absolutely. hard thing in your business. It is, yeah. Michael, can I ask you, What's next? Because you seem to have conquered the world <laughs> that you <laughs> well, operate in. I, I don't know. Well, like you do uh, very well. well and yeah, well, and yeah. your granddad, no doubt, would look <laughs> on in awe. What's next? I mean, what's, what's next? the next generation going to have to do? Well, I suppose, like, our two sons, like, the uh, eldest is 41, and uh, and uh, we've three sons, we're two in the business, and the younger guy will be 37 next birthday. Like, I had a life uh, of business behind me at that, uh, <laughs> and three children reared, or my wife had three children so they, reared. what you're saying is they have a bit of catching up to do, <laughs> do Yes, yeah. Now, the thing is, I suppose, you know, as you get older, you become a little bit more prudent. Like, um, one of the things was that, I suppose, a major milestone for us, like, was in 2012, um, we had one of our main customers had reduced their business by over eight million, and that put us in a very difficult situation. That's going to hurt no matter yeah. how big a business and you are. We, at that time, our business was mainly direct delivery to every store, and we had sixteen trucks on the road, which were costing a huge amount of money, and that, and um, the well was running a bit dry. And the thing is, um, uh, one of our main suppliers, an Italian company, family-owned, that we had a wonderful relationship with, bought into our business, and that kept the that kept the flame alight. Yeah. And uh, but in um, and they sold out their business then, eighty um, percent of it to um, a venture capital company. So, but, and that was a bit different. But on the 12th of December last year, we brought back the, uh, or the, what we had sold. The whole lot. And the whole lot. 
and we uh, now own a hundred percent of the business again since the twelfth of December. I can see the smile dancing oh in my your God, eyes. With that. Oh my God! Oh my God! I'll tell you that that was probably one of the greatest days of my life. And even like I remember when we, my wife and I signed the documents uh, um, for to sell the fifty percent share. Uh, she said to me. Um, this must be a terribly disappointing day for you. And I said, no, because I said we'll be able to pay our creditors now. And that is important. Well, it is a long road without a turn. It's a long road without a turn. And I suppose the the main thing now is um, to pay back the banks that gave us the money to to buy, to to own 100% again. And that's our full important. Well, if you don't mind me saying, so, for a young fellow who started at 15 in a, in a butcher shop yeah. when he was in school and should have stayed in school, you've done all right. And we wish you and the family and all the other Horgans who are yes, involved yes, the best yes. of luck. Michael Horgan, MD of Horgan's Delicatessen Supplies. Congratulations on what has been a fantastic business yes. life to date. And thank you for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much indeed. My thanks to Michael Horgan. That really was a great story. And if you know of a similar one, please drop us an email to redbusiness at redfm.ie. Don't forget, all episodes are up on the website redextra.ie. Neve Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.